the Fusion podcast, chatting about the church, students and Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Fusion podcast. Uh, My name is Luke Smith and I've got some very fine people uh, in my company today. No surprise, it's Miriam Swaffield and Adam Mitchell-Baker. How are you doing, guys? Yes, so well. Thanks, mate. Very good, thank you. That's good to hear. You're all, you're both looking in fine fettle. Well, thank um, you so much. And today we have got some great stuff lined up to talk about. We've been going through Miriam's 12 findings. It's kind of like the Ten Commandments, isn't it? But like the 12, <laughs> the 12 findings sure. of uh, how students are coming to faith. Um, a bit less catchy, but... Than the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are also more like 12 invitations to change rather than you do this or die. Uh, oh. Oh. Okay. Is that what they are? No, I'm not um, saying that that's what they are. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Theologically speaking, this is murky. The, here's the spade. Um, I'm straight in. So that's what we're looking at. And this is number four. And it is uh, that students found space to ask questions. That was a really helpful feature. Uh, in students coming to faith. So we're going to hear a bit more about that. Uh, but first of all, Miriam, you've been on some travels. Let's hear about how they've been a little bit and uh, and where have you been? Well, um, I went to Hungary, to Budapest, which is how you say it if you know. No tea. Budapest. Is that if you if you know what you're talking about, you don't say Budapest. Is that what <laughs> yeah, you're correct, saying? Correct. Budapest. For those that know, Budapest. For reference, I've been to Budapest and that's what I called it. And that doesn't surprise me at yeah, all that you would not that. know. Did you call it that? I well? call it Budapest. So, uh, having gone to Budapest, it's you're two you're halves. Yeah. Buda and Pest, isn't Pesh. it? Pesh. Pesh. But why do they spell it Pest? That's a pesty spelling. Just listen to the Hungarians and copy the locals. Yeah, yeah? But, uh, yeah but out of interest, Miriam, if you've, have oh, you yeah. ever been to Paris or anything like that? Oui. Have you always called it Paris when you've been there? It's Paris, isn't it? Uh, oui. Paris. Petit peu, merci. Je m'appelle. Yeah. Au revoir. Back to Hungary. Um, I went to Hungary and uh, we're supporting some students who have basically started a prayer movement that's gone massive and they now uh, gather to worship and pray and invite people to come to know Jesus all over Hungary. And for me, that trip felt like getting a front row seat to what is possible when students decide to give their lives for the mission of God. They have completely raised the bar for me on what it even means to be a second year student. I cannot believe that these 20 year olds are able to organise events that like thousands of people turn up to to pray and to hear about Jesus. They train their volunteers every week. They've got this huge level of commitment to the cause. They pray together, they listen to God together, and they make massive commitments outside of uni hours to then travel around the nation to places that might not have heard the good news to share Jesus. And they're all students. It has blown me away. So I spent some days doing some training because a lot of them are brand new Christians. And so... Um, right now lacking older brothers and sisters in the faith so I did a bunch of training with them but mainly it just felt like such a privilege to see students lead movements no older adults in the room walking in and telling them what to do they led it themselves out of passion and conviction and are pouring out the Holy Spirit I was amazed it's very exciting to hear those stories from them some of them have joined us uh, over here for conferences and things and they are on fire aren't they some some of them are incredible we got a text this week um just asking for prayer and i'm like sure like what can we pray for and they're like we are accidentally running an event in a satanist temple (laughs) an events booker had booked the best venue they could in the town 
in this place that they were going and it's the first time they've had an outside wow. person from the group book the the event venue and when they rocked in they're like oh my goodness just satanic symbolism everywhere and they were just like this is a place of worship of satan and so these students turned up anyway prayed and worshiped and i'm like what you just oh, could, cool. you know when yeah, in the UK great. students have text quite, and it's totally yeah, fine yeah, to text yeah. me like can you pray because I'm asking my friend to church this week and these guys are like can you pray I'm in a satanist temple I'm like sure Worshiping God. Mm, yeah, thank you great. hungry you're really raising the game for us amazing <laughs> that's yeah. amazing wow not necessarily something to be replicated I wouldn't have don't thought look for it guys I don't think go seeking don't look for it it's just no. when you stumble into that scenario definitely call on the prayers yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> I will remember that next time I stumble into a Worship session at a Satanic Temple. Yeah, just here in activate your intercessors. Adam, whereabouts have you been? Have you been on road recently? Top road. I can't do Northern accents, so I won't try. But I have been on the road in less exotic climbs of Newcastle mm. and Newcastle. At Portsmouth and Southampton in the beautiful South Coast. They're close, aren't they? Adam? They're very close. Travel-wise, yeah, that yeah. must have been easy. So it was, a, it was a busy couple of weeks, six hours down to Portsmouth, not too far up to Newcastle, which is good, but. Yeah, really encouraging just seeing and hearing what's going on in the church across the UK, hearing stories about students that have tried church for the first time off the back of, a, off the, back of the church being at Freshers' Fair. Nice. Invite people to try church. That was really encouraging. Um, no satanic temples. No, praise the Lord. equally, God's on the move. So Come that's on. great. It's encouraging. What nice. about you, Luke? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of trip here and there. Um, kind of in York, quite a bit, actually, but... Um, yeah, we've done our ministry days as Fusion, or at least we've done a few of them so far, and uh, there's another one coming up. So, uh, <laughs> I've just got Sorry. to get, Adam's Sorry. got a really squeaky water bottle. I don't know if you could hear you might as well properly do it so everyone yeah, okay. can hear it, because otherwise... He it, tried to drink that. That, oh, that's that a weird noise. He, he turned that. around from the mic to drink and it's it didn't okay. work. It's a really weird uh, sort of Sports Direct bottle, isn't it? Like it off. Other suppliers are it available. It leaked in an interview the other week, which was pretty bad. It leaked all over an interview. Oh, mate. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, ministry days. Ministry yeah, days. They've been that. really good. So anyone who's welcome to come to those. As uh, Fusion, we run them once a term. We run them in Sheffield, in Bristol and in London. Uh, they're free to come on and we'd love to have anybody turn up to those if you're passionate about student missions. So we, anyway, we've done those ones and they've been really good. Great. Uh, and um, then I spent some time with some students from HTB, which is Holy Trinity Brompton. That was really good as well. Great times. I, I like those guys. We they're properly, guys. properly passionate and um, great bunch. So yeah, anyway, we've been on the road quite a lot as a team, haven't we? Um, Big out then, out there. Going out, out. Out, out. Going out, out. Exactly, yeah. Um, Miriam, get us going on this number four thing, will you? Found space to ask questions. Tell yeah. us a bit more about that. So basically, um, when I was uh, discovering how students are meeting Jesus for the first time at university, this consistent theme came out around being given freedom in a pressure-free and judgment-free space to ask lots of things that they didn't understand or wanted to know about God. And the emphasis of this space to ask questions kind of factor wasn't in, then I found all the right answers. It wasn't as simple as I had a problem and someone fixed it in a sentence. It was much more, I came to university with loads of questions about faith and life and somebody listened. Or the more I hung out with Christians, I asked questions of why they live how they live. And in that scenario, they just felt free and like it was okay to say why do you do that why don't you do this on a night out 
And so this consistent theme came through of doubt not being a problem, but being an invitation to ask and finding safe spaces in one to ones, but also like in small groups to basically go, I don't understand what the Bible says there. Hmm. Or um, I'm not sure I believe that. Like, how do you guys believe that? So, yeah, a real emphasis, less on right answers and more about asking the right questions. And I mean, just Hmm. to kind of put voice to some of these people that were speaking, they said, I didn't feel judged. I felt like I could ask the silly questions. Um, A lot of them, just even in that small group scenario, found it really helpful to hear different people's opinions. So it wasn't just about them talking and asking, it was about others in the room too. Um, Lots of them needed to ask questions as they read scripture. And they talked a lot about um, patience, just being able to... uh, Yeah, everyone was really patient with them and gracious whilst they were exploring. So space to ask questions and investigate the faith, a really key factor. I think patience with people who leave their phones on loud. I, I apologise. I think even just before we started recording as well, I said, if we, I said we would put this on like mute and everything, yeah? And I'm, then I, I and then I didn't do that. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I apologise. Hypocrisy on my behalf. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, being able to ask those questions, crucial for people coming to faith. Being able to ask any question as well, I think, yep. by the sounds of it, not, not just... Yeah, there wasn't a standard question. They had a problem and were like, why does God allow suffering? It wasn't like that. It was more, as I am learning about Jesus, this is provoking me to find out more about Jesus. Can I ask you? Of course you can. That sort of stuff. And having the space to answer any question they liked. That's it. They didn't feel silly. None of them felt laughed at because they asked what might be a laughable question if you were brought up in a Christian home, for example. No one felt silly. And I thought, like, well done, church, for creating a safe space to do that. That's amazing. It really reminds me of um, one of the things that we have at Fusion is a resource called Mission Styles, which is all about how people most naturally share their faith, how they best respond to Jesus, and uh, there are four different mission styles all around uh, different kind of personality traits and how we express our faith, mm-hmm. how we respond to Jesus. And uh, one of which is the Convince Me Mission Style, yeah, right. which is all around people needing the gospel to make sense, needing to see the evidence for stuff, and often those people kind of can be dismissed as like doubters or, or skeptics or sometimes seen as a bit cynical but actually when those people have the chance to kind of build the church through the questions they ask to really go deep in relationship deeper in questions uh, that's a real gift to the church and I think definitely with something like this where there's space people to explore those big questions yeah. and ask anything they like um, that's really encouraging the church is doing that and helping people of different you know personalities styles etc respond to faith and, and that would be consistent with student culture yeah, yeah because they're being taught to ask questions of resources and textbooks of their lecturers and the findings so of course Christian uh, students whether Christian or not are being provoked yeah. around it's, argument and debate it's massive I think like the question the whole like question asking thing in like just going through Freshers term recently like the amount of like small talk bad questions that you hear <laughs> do you know what I mean that, like Freshers week like yeah. who are you where did you come from where did you come from what are you studying um we want to be provoking the student generation to ask bigger questions. Yeah, really questions, good questions. And go into that, do you know what I mean? So good. Um, I think the other part of this for me is, is um, students wanting to be involved in, uh, like participate in yeah. a live conversation that's going on yeah, you know with humanity that we are figuring this out together we're on a journey together as humans as people that are trying to figure out how to follow Jesus none of us have all of it absolutely pinned down and nailed down in terms of how to live life uh, so being having a space where we can discover stuff together is pretty crucial I think mm. for people because then they feel like participators and they're not just being told to turn up and 
believe this, that, and the other, and then okay, yeah. so you've got to believe this, otherwise you're out, sort of thing. So I think Absolutely. that's pretty important. Absolutely. Yeah. That was something we were saying, wasn't it, about Christians having space to ask questions as well, and how yeah. important that is. Like, it's okay to not have it all figured out or all sorted straight away. Yeah, some people. Uh, uh, and on a Sunday teaching might actually deconstruct even how they preach and allow space for people to reflect, to ask a question, or even to, I know some preachers that really take feedback. And mm. that, you know, that slightly depends on the practicality of how you manage that in the room. But um, I was just at a conference with a brilliant network of churches, Hope City, the C3 network, and um, it's in Hope City, Sheffield for their young adults conference. And we had probably one of the most powerful discussion panels I've ever been on. Mm. Um, and the, the questions were so provocative and got to the heart of the matter and young adult culture that it, it was actually quite emotional. People on the panel were crying at points. People were standing and cheering. People were throwing out deeper questions. And I thought, this generation is so hungry for conversation and mm, yeah. real conversation that um, it just reminded me again, space to ask questions isn't just for those seeking Jesus who don't yet know him, it's for all of us seeking Jesus whilst we walk with him. We yeah. all need space. Yeah. Um, I think as well, Jesus said that unless you uh, accept the kingdom of heaven like the children do, then you're going to struggle to accept it. You know, unless you, unless you are like these little ones, mm. um, then you're going to struggle to accept it. And... Um, and que- and kids ask questions, don't they, all the time? Kids ask, why is so that? So true. Um, I've, I've got two kids who ask why all the time. <laughs> all the time. But they're also asking um, w- um, all sorts of questions all the time. The other, the other day, um, my youngest, Aaron, had done something silly and he went, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. And then he says to me... Um, but we all make mistakes, don't we, Dad? Like clearly having like quoting something that we must have said to him or a teacher. We all make mistakes, don't we? And I'm like, yeah, we do all make mistakes, Aaron. And then he goes, does God make mistakes? Good and question, I'm like, Aaron. Great question. That is gold. Aaron. So, and then he's like, what about Jesus when he was on earth? Did he make mistakes? I'm like, right, well, let's have a great chat. beautiful. But I think unless you're willing to, because so he's got nothing to defend, he's, he's not trying not trying yeah. to defend a, a re- reputation and look really intelligent or whatever. He's yeah. just asking because he's really fascinated. I, I think Jesus that. is kind of getting yeah, yeah, at that yeah. as well when he's saying he's at, the kid's attitude is often just openness and wanting to discover. Yeah. But when you really ask questions and get deeper into those things and journey through them as well, maybe find some answers, maybe find yeah. peace in not having answers to other things. Then we've we've often got disciples who have got a much stronger faith than those who have never questioned. Oh, absolutely! And just kind of bounce along the surface. Absolutely, that's so true. And I mean, the kindness of God, a bit like you with Aaron, is you started where he's at. You didn't try and reframe the conversation for your world, like for your own security. So when Jesus meets Nicodemus and Nicodemus wants to ask him loads of questions, Nicodemus needs to go in the dark because he's nervous. Mm. He's nervous about his reputation, and Jesus. Maybe it's a reputational risk for him too. Jesus meets him in the dark to answer his questions first time round because that's what Nicodemus needs. He meets him where he's at. Later on, Nicodemus is in the light, declaring the goodness of God. But I love that God isn't afraid to meet us where we're at with our questions. We don't have to control the environment or the right question to ask. That's just not how it works. Reminds me a little bit of uh, some of the stuff Ruth Perrin was looking at. Oh, yeah, she's an absolute babe. (laughs) She is. She is. (laughs) 
Brilliant fun. Um, and so Ruth did a bunch of research which you can look at on discipleshipresearch.com. Yes, that's right. It is literally that website, discipleshipresearch.com, a series of blogs after all of her research into millennials. Okay, yeah. So millennials are the generation that are slightly older than the current students, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah in her, of, in, we're right in, in the middle of the blend now. But, but, yes. but one of the fascinating things that she found, she was looking at a bunch of people who had lost their faith, yeah. who were Christians and had lost their faith, and she said one of the crucial factors in, the, in those people's stories was often that they didn't feel able to explore questions safely. They didn't feel able to, as as disciples, as Christians, they didn't feel able that they could ask those difficult questions in, in some great churches as well, um, which is heartbreaking. And, mm. and I remember her saying, like, you know, she just wished some of them could have even come to her and, and felt able to talk about some of this stuff, but they didn't. And so it's crucial not only for our for, for people who are coming to faith, but for those people who are Christians, to be for all of us really, yeah, to be yeah, able to yeah. feel free to and be honest and ask real questions. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think what you were saying about Aaron and the whole like innocence behind questions, like um, not not losing that, like not losing that kind of innocent wonder of like wanting to know more about our father, wanting to know more of what he he mm. thinks, what he says, um, because like when we kind of have to maintain a, a sort of, I guess a certain status, mm. or like we, you know we feel like we can't admit that we don't quite know this, or we're not quite figured this out. What if we we'll lose our position in church or our leadership role or whatever? Yes. Um, totally got to nail that as a culture to be willing to ask questions and give that space. So it's, it's brilliant that it showed up in the research, you know what I mean? And that's really an evangelistic thing as well, guys. So yeah. like, if you're chatting to your mate about Jesus and they don't know him and they ask you something that you don't know, <clears throat> just be straight up. Yeah. Say, I don't know, I definitely don't know anything about God, thank mm. goodness, because mm. I've not made him, he's made me, so he's much bigger and more mysterious. Or why don't we have a little research of that together? Or why don't we read this book together and like ask each other some questions? Yeah. Or even just, you know, when you're sharing reading the Bible with a friend that doesn't know Jesus, you won't understand everything written in it either. And just yeah. being free to go, pressure off, let's just work it out together. And I bet some of these answers aren't simple. I bet it's quite complex. That's okay. Yeah. There's loads of great resources out there in terms of um, helping with big questions as well, isn't there? Like yes. kind of apologetic stuff in different books and different websites. And I'm on a Facebook group, which is loads of people that are seeking to share Jesus with people uh, through apologetics and through like big questions nice. and I don't actually post on there much I sort of lurk but like someone's like I've been talking to a mate who's a Muslim about Jesus someone's like read this book check yes, out this good. video I found that really helpful in kind of almost like tooling myself up in evangelism Very to, good. to help with these big questions um, yeah yeah YouTube's pretty stacked with that kind of thing now because of the level of um, apologists that have recorded their stuff and put them online but then you've also got stuff like Alpha yeah, their videos yeah. are phenomenally high quality and really unpack some of the core Christian teachings in a way that provokes discussion yeah. and obviously we know Alpha in a safe space as well exactly yeah. the fact that um, Alpha's logo is a question mark should give yeah. you an idea <laughs> that they are inviting the question not yeah. all of the answers from the I missed front. it do you remember the old Alpha logo where the guy's like carrying oh, the a question fella mark with his, yeah. oh I miss him yellow what jumper yellow jumper and blue jeans oh yeah. yeah I think you should wear a yellow jumper and blue jeans Luke well because it would mix up I don't think I could get away with yellow. You definitely can't. Because today I've gone with the black and the blue again. Do you remember when you dressed as a custard cream? I do remember that, actually. That's, oh, yeah, that's kind of yellow, wasn't that's it? That's how Beige. we know that you can't get away with yellow. That it did photo, look like an actual custard cream. Every time you think, oh, as a ginger man, let's wear yellow, look at that photo of you dressed as a biscuit. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment, to be it, fair. You know, it's yeah. just a no. It's just a no, isn't it?
You're listening to the Fusion Podcast. To stay in touch with us, make sure you click subscribe on wherever you're listening. One of my favourite stories in the Bible about asking questions, and again, it's back to that same thing of starting where the person is at, is when Philip, the evangelist, gets called to basically just go down a different road than he was expecting. He's um, walking around near a car when he sees somebody... Um, I mean, it's not a car. But it's a, <laughs> a car. It's a carriage. A car. You know, well, I'm just making it more modern. You can't, you can't change the gospel. You can't just add you in a huge load of automotive engineering <laughs> into the Bible story. I wasn't changing scripture. Take it on one day, ain't we? <laughs> he was going near a, a, a horse-drawn carriage. What? what? Just what? a cart. You know, a cart. Like, just... Anyway, so... <laughs> Let's, let's carry on. Let's carry on as if none of that ever happened. No, it, I'm sure in the message it would say something similar. Anyway, the point is, that's unfair to the message. There was a bloke who was like an ambassador for Ethiopia, and he was reading the Bible. He was reading the Old Testament. He was reading Isaiah. Philip's walking around, and God basically says to him, "Stay near that vehicle of some description." Yeah. <laughs> and so he's hanging out near this vehicle, possibly a cart, possibly with donkeys. No one knows. Um, and then he saw. You can't pull a car. <laughs> you you can't too heavy for a donkey. You man. really an extra detail. What's going on? You don't need Look, to. the point is. Scripture is sufficient. Oh, you don't need no. to embellish it. This has gone really wrong. I was trying to actually teach the Bible in, a, in like a helpful. The point is, is Blake's reading um, some scripture. Stop laughing at me. Isaiah. And then he goes. Philip just looks over and goes, do you understand what you're reading? And then the guy goes, no, well, I, not unless someone explains it to me. And Philip's like, well, okay, let's just start there then. So he hops into the carriage <laughs> and, and um, this Ethiopian gets to ask Philip questions from what is currently in his hands that he doesn't understand. And from the place of that question, Philip then goes, let me explain to you about Jesus. And he explains the good news of Jesus, but using the Isaiah prophecy about the forthcoming Messiah. And then... Um, he just isn't afraid to dialogue with where the person's at. He isn't afraid to dialogue using scripture. And he isn't afraid to answer questions that bring in the broader narrative of God, even if it starts from that little point of, I don't understand this specific bit. So anyway, I just thought that was a cool example of evangelism that was uh, sparked by questions. But I feel like um, I've ruined it by saying the word car. So <laughs> I, will, I will never we teach the Bible again. No, no. Well, yeah. We just couldn't leave it out. Though. You know, you win some, you lose some. Okay, right. but um, have a nice life. Yeah, no. Uh, you got any stories I, I think, in this? Then I think you're, a, you're an excellent communicator, Miriam, and Thanks no need to add extra detail. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, stories of this, stories of uh, asking questions. Have you had much experience of that in evangelism? Yes, I have had lots of experience of asking questions in evangelism, and I guess also in my own life I suppose provoking people to ask questions that's a big feature for me so I you know I I looked into in my sabbatical I did a whole load of things on jesters and um provokers and um and fools really and the foolishness of the gospel and then particularly one of the things I picked up on was how do we in our evangelism provoke people to start asking really good questions yeah great so not only is it allowing people to have the space to ask questions but I'd say we need to go a stage further and actually provoke them to ask really good questions uh, beyond that and that might mean doing things that confuse them in the first place that then make them want to ask questions so probably one of the greatest student examples uh, is the Donald Miller story in his book Blue Light Jazz 
which is from when he was a student pastor in a, in a, a campus pastor in an American uh, university. And just Google that story. It's pretty easy to find. What happens is he... Uh, they're, they're, they've got a load of students are about to have a big party weekend kind of thing on campus and uh, they're saying what should we do for the student mission how can we go out and be out in that present a presence in amongst all of this partying which is like off the chain yeah. partying the campus kind of goes into lockdown the police are told just leave it alone we'll look after our own security the, wow. the, the, the ambulances are told the same they hire in their own Debauchery. narcotic uh, the word specific um, paramedics, so oh they're, they're expecting crazy party times. Anyway, the the student pastors are saying, "How can we? What could we do that would really help?" And one of them makes a flippant comment, "Oh, we should put a confession booth in there because there's going to be a lot of sin happening." But it's Sorry. like a, it's like a sort of almost a joke, a throwaway comment. He doesn't mean it. But one of the other guys goes, "Yeah, no, let's definitely do that. But let's flip it on its head and let's put the confession booth in there." For people to come and hear us confess the sins of the church to the Stowe students. Oh my word, amazing. So, and it totally broke people. It yeah. broke the atmosphere. People couldn't get really get their heads around it. They want, wow. they couldn't ask enough questions. They just wanted to say, well, why? Why are you wanting to do this? And these guys are just saying, we just feel that uh, we know that the church has created a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And we just want to say we're really sorry for that. And then these guys are going, but it wasn't your fault. It wasn't you guys that did the crusades oh. and everything. Uh, and But these, these dudes that are in the confession booth are saying, well, yeah, but we're part of um, a big family that's the church. And so even though it was a long time ago and even though it wasn't us and even though it was other people, we feel kind of was us because we're all one body. Uh, and anyway, people are just amazing. weeping and whatever. But amazing. it stimulated so many yeah, more yeah. questions than it than it posed yeah. itself, or that people came help, in help with. People ask questions. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's a, how we do that is got to be something that we. I, I mean, I, I want to chuck that to anyone listening. Yeah, you know, so what could you do that would provoke your mates to start asking questions that they're not already asking? Yeah, I remember at uni, it was just quite a similar thing. But one of my housemates. Uh, in first year had this big thing around um, why, well, why so many Christians get married and like kind of the importance of marriage for well, Christians and like particularly yeah. young because she was like um, yeah, difficult past with family all this sort of stuff but then she was like the, the example for her of seeing people get married you know like early 20s yeah. um, and I'd never really, I remember I'd never really thought that through for myself why it was such a big deal in the church why it's such a big deal for Christians yeah. I never really read into the Bible because I was like you know 19 year old fresh so it's not <laughs> It's not what you're thinking when you're 19, is it? You're not thinking, I'm going to get married now. Maybe you are. Maybe that's the life stage you're at. Fair play to you. That wasn't where I was at. Anyway, but I had to really read into this stuff and be like, like why is marriage so important? Like, what does it really stand good. for? Yeah. Understand these questions in order to help, you know, women housemate with the questions that she had. And I've seen that quite a lot of students where people actually, we can't kind of force something on someone. Do you know what I mean? We can't be like, you must ask this question. No. We've got to give them the space to ask what they want and kind of embrace the inconvenience that can come with that. That's it. And, you know, apologetics has really changed. So yeah. where it used to be that we'd set up an argument and then shoot it down, apologetics is now far more about bridge building between the irrelevance that they think church, God, or the things that Jesus might have to them and bridging it through to this is actually where God might speak into your current reality or where you might want to ask us something that you thought just was um, way outside of um, your thinking. So apologetics is less debate and more about creating bridge building yeah. and question asking. Really good. So 
I think we're going to do our little feature on agony. Adam, have we got a... Uh, this is where Adam, who is also a student pastor, um, is able to help with some of the scenarios, real scenarios, that people live through as students um, and potentially give some advice to them, yeah. um, which, which hasn't always been entirely serious I say, and not, not, not very helpful, I would say. Always, yeah. I would say unhelpful. Unhelpful. And intentionally not serious. And do not try this at home, in Good. church, it's really or in a coffee shop. It's really important to get those shop. disclaimers in. Yeah. We um, are going to challenge Adam, and he will be winding us up in response. Okay, good. Good to get that absolutely clear. So, we, uh, shall I press play on the jingle? Uh, if you get yeah. the big play button that we've worked so hard to install on yeah. your laptop for okay. the jingle. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to press play. Agony, Agony Adam. Adam. Agony, Agony Adam. Adam. Agony Adam. Agony Adam. Agony Adam. Agony Adam. He is a very funny. His nose is very runny. The land of milk and honey. Of, of agony, Adam. Agony, Adam. Agony, Adam. Agony, Adam. Agony, Adam. Agony, Adam. Right, definitely. It's unbelievable, uh, that. Definitely a really good we are jingle there. Smashing that jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness me. Wow. Well, I imagine we'll get like job offers for sort of. Making jingles for other programs. I expect your text to just keep just absolutely yeah. be flowing now yeah. with people, advice. People will be tweeting in <laughs> with with requests. No, no, no. Come on, let's 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 give some of these scenarios. Some of these we're gonna we're gonna throw a few curveballs at you. So, but I mean, these got these are real things. Genuinely, now that sounds like we're we're over egging that, but these are actually real. Yeah, things legit scenarios. So. Um, this happened when I was at uni, okay. So, okay. just imagine, just that, imagine this is... 1970. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the scene. It was actually in the 1990s. I was alive then. I was alive um, Just... So, um, two lads, mm -hmm. they've gone up, they absolutely love, they love the Lord. They love him. They love him. And they've got, <laughs> wanting to show their um, passion for him. They've Thank gone, you. they've gone off, they've, They've uh, been praying together and they thought, what we really want to do is show the Lord how much we love him. So what they've done is they've gone to a <laughs> tattoo parlour. Right, mm. love where this is going. Yeah, and they've got his name on their heart. So they've, on their uh, uh -huh. left peck, mm, sure. they've gone for the name Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So that the Lord's name is tattooed on their heart. Beautiful. Wow. Um, so that's nice, and then they've come back. Oh, they've come back to church, and they've gone. Look, guys, look how passionate we are. They've sort of pulled down the t-shirt, so you can just see. There's just an under, under the left collarbone, yeah, yeah no, just yeah. under there. Just trying to work out what the pastoral issue is here. Yeah, oh, no, but the pastoral issue is everybody's gone. Oh, lads, you've spelled Yahweh wrong, <laughs> right? So, my, if my memory serves me correctly, they've gone for Y A H W E Y. Like, oh no! Like Yahweh! Weeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
not yowie. There we go. Sure. That's how I'd solve that. It's going to cost you Quandary. 60 of your pounds, but it will be yeah. worth it. But it would mean then that they would have death, like basically a, sp- a spelling correction as a tattoo. Yeah, it was good. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, good, good advice. Thank, thanks. I'll pass. Uh, it's also space to ask questions. And that'll be- <laughs> no, honestly, people, no, I've got a tattoo yeah, of a little really barber on so yeah. my arm. People ask questions all the time. They love it. Yeah, they do. They yeah. love it. So really uh, that is helpful. And because I will, I'll pass it on to them. Because oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still in touch with both of them. And they're still like. They've still got, got the tattoo, tattoo. and still. they've not corrected it. So I'll no. give I'll give them the suggestion of extra tattoos correcting this spelling. Again, this is not serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a joke. Okay, good again. And we're not we're not thinking from this feature that people are going to run out and get misspelt. No, um, no, no, no. Or that if anybody has got a tattoo, we're making any comment on that at all. <laughs> no. Right, I, great. I like your tattoos. Thanks, mate. Um. Right. Quite a key issue, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, this is going to come up a number of times as you as a student worker. Yeah. So this is not an isolated incident. This is a common feature. Yeah. And the issue is around household pets. Oh. Right, mm. I know. Now, we've all grown up with them. Not all of us, but many of us miss our dogs, cats, rabbits, lizards, let's say, when we move to university. Did you have a lizard, Mary? No, I didn't, but often hoped for one. Uh-huh. A bearded lizard. A bearded, a bearded dragon. <laughs> a bearded dragon. I can imagine you having one of those. Thank you. Is that the tattoo on your arm? Yeah, I just uh, that's what's on my elbow. Sure. <laughs> Mum, I haven't got a tattoo. <laughs> As if she'd listen. Rachel. Sweet Margot. Sweet Margot's got no idea what a podcast is. Anyway. Um, wow. So here's the situation. Um, there's A cat has been found on the street and a household of male students has adopted this cat. Mm-hmm. They think they've rescued it. They've actually checked with the vet. The vet's like, we're actually not sure this is anybody's cat. And so in response, they've gone, well, then this shall be our cat. However, obviously, students aren't there 24-7. No, 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 they, no. They're scared that the cat might get run over, so the cat is now an indoor cat. We're not sure that feral thing was meant for the indoors, but they've gone mm. for it. Oh, they've it's a adop- bit mangy. They've adopted a mangy cat and made it their house cat, but they're students, right? So mm. it's not like they all have the capacity to look after this thing. Yeah. So, so we've got a, a cat stealing, adoption, rehoming issue going on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, multi, I was just wondering, just wondering what the ethics are of that and what we actually do in that scenario. Yeah. The first thing that um, really springs to mind here is um, that's actually really noble of them in modelling. <laughs> <laughs> The father's heart of adoption. Whoa! So actually, their heart. That I'd really. I'd say to them, you know what, guys. Your heart's in the right place. I want to honour you for that. Do you really want to commend you for for your willingness to do that? Beautiful. Um, But also, you you can't keep doing this. (laughs) It's not sustainable (laughs) to raise a cat in this way. They've not fleed it. They've done such a confusing pasta. You're like, guys, it's great that you've done this, and you can't do this. Stop it. (laughs) It's like an encouragement sandwich, isn't it? Oh, I see. And then you put the challenge in the middle. The challenge is challenge to have cheese. Fleed. And I say, get it. You know, yeah, get it for whatever that means, and give it to somebody that, that can raise a cat. Give it to a nice family, maybe live on a farm, or where they've got space for the cat to frolic through the but fields. But when you say that the cat's gone to live on the farm, that normally so means it's died. Cats that's don't parent language. Yeah, oh yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Farm, yeah. cats, farm cats, the, farm cats look happy though. Gone to the farm and this guy. Farm cats are eating, oh. eating mice seven days a week. Yeah, exactly. Living their dreams. Also, just to be clear, cats don't frolic. I don't think they frolic. Did you they? say frolic? Yeah, they like cats they like frolic. rolling around the tails. No, like baby well, lambs. Interestingly, frolicking is a word that you don't associate with cats, but mangy is a word that you almost entirely so associate true. with cats. But again, I'm going, I'm going high. Frolicking no, cats. Not assuming mm, manginess. Okay. I'm assuming frolic. frolicking. This, this is actually quite a live issue for me. <laughs> live issue, right? This moment. Because right now, on my street, 
Um, my neighbour got a cat. I don't know where she got it from. All I know is that the way that she made that cat rehome at her house was she buttered its paws. Mm. She put butter on its paws. Oh, no, and that, that makes it stay at home. That's new for me, but that's a little tip for you students if you're trying to adopt a cat. Butter something's paws. No, it's because, it, because, it's it, my it's because they yours. can find their way home. That's what it is. But they, no, can, they can find the butter and they lick it and they get all the way home. Right. Yeah, so that's what you do. This better. cat has been buttered to my neighbour's house quite recently. But down the other end of the street... <laughs> Mm-hmm. So odd. Down the other end of the street, a student girl has started feeding it and trying to get it in her house. So you got a cat competition. There's you a got war. Cat wars. Oh. Mate, there's a war. Like honestly, my neighbour went around there banging on the door. Had a go at her. Like literally, it's a real thing. A student wow. is trying to bait the cat in. Maybe she's like she's putting vegetable oil on the cat's feet Maybe and there's butter on the it. Oh. When someone cracks out the olive oil and balsamic vinegar combo, they yeah. want that cat yeah, to resist. Yeah. Yeah. That cat yeah. Italian. That would be good. Well, what a useful feature that was to, to... Have you got anything to ask us? Do you want to do any of our questions to throw at us? Or do you want to just leave it there this time? I'm just I'm just a bit thrown by the whole um, cat cat war. Yeah, and it, cat it, war. it's a live issue down in Middlesbrough right now. I would quite like to ask you some questions, eh? The two oh, yeah. I'd just like to get to know you better. like oh, to go for a bit deep and meaningful here. Oh, um, right. Oh, yeah, to be fair, we did actually release a resource on asking questions, so we it did, make we sense. We did, we did, And we just haven't mentioned that yet, so yeah. I thought it'd be good to... Well done, Adam. DMC it. deck and discipleship deck. Where can you buy those, Adam? Uh, buy them at fusionmovement.org forward slash resources. Amen. Fusionmovement.org forward slash resources. So this is ice-breaking conversations that get beyond small talk, right? Yeah, that's what DMC mm. deck is all about. 52 different questions in a pack of cards. To stimulate deep conversations, get to know people better. Not just deep conversations, also just meaningful. Deep, or meaningful, deep and meaningful. <laughs> Which actually we do struggle with. <laughs> yeah, we do, yeah. We go for the... Neither of the... No, no, already, just conversations. Yeah, conversations. Yeah. Question for you, Miriam. Right, it's shallow, not vetted, shallow it's and meaningless conversations. Yeah. That's a different deck. I'm right. going deep, I'm going meaningful. How would you like to be remembered? Oh! Yes. Whoa, it's gone as if... Shallow and meaningless? No. How would you like to be remembered, Um... Oh, but then I feel like just just as a Christian, yeah, I know. But then it's a bit of a skip to the end one again, isn't it? I know, but oh, I'll come back to you if you want. Go Luke first. No, all I mean is that it'll sound like I'm playing the Jesus card if I be like, I want to be remembered by like who I follow, and like I want people to. The biggest thing they remember about me is to be like she loved Jesus, (sighs) and we knew that Jesus loved us. (laughs) It was like a genuine yawn. He just yawned at me for talking about Jesus. No, there's nothing boring about it. It's my job and my joy. Why would you? Why would you? No, you can't mock it. I want to be remembered by who I laid my life down for because Mm. he laid his life down for me. Jesus. That's good. You win. That's yeah. a big stitching yeah. <laughs> It was a competition. I want five of English pounds. Uh, when do you feel peaceful? Uh, when I am playing golf. There we go. Right. Well, <laughs> you I should mean, have just... asked me about death, man. I would have always got uh, Definitely feel peaceful playing golf. Feel like I'm in God's creation, breathing it in. I feel I so find, relaxed. I find golf... So frustrating. Yeah. Uh, that's just rubbish. You're quite good. So you've, you've got, got a handicap. My handicap is myself. Yeah. I, I can't play golf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, you had a go. That's what will be on yeah. your gravestone. You had a go. You had a go. God he loves did. a try. He had a tr- pastoral he, advice. He tried. Golf. Imagine that. Adam Mitchell Baker. <laughs> he, he tried. He tried. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys, on that note, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Tune in next time. You can subscribe in all the usual places. Give us a like and give us a reference or whatever it's called if you can. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. To book on for the next Fusion Ministry Training Day, you can go to fusionmovement.org forward slash training days.